space are you living in the space that should be reserved for your march? Keep this praise party going. My name is Servant Leader Liz Sanford. We're going to ask that everyone stand in prayer as we give praise and thanksgiving to the Lord our God who has allowed us to see another day. Oh, Heavenly Father, we come before you in thanksgiving and praise and adoration, thanking and praising you that you have allowed us to come before you and praise you for one more day. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your mercy, your favor, and your grace. And Father God, we just want to praise you Oh, glory be to your name. And so, Father God, we ask you to sweep through the building of the house of Antioch at Aliante. We ask you to bless the praise team. We ask you to bless the musicians. We ask you to bless the uh, affirmation. We ask you to bless the dynamic word we're about to receive from our doctor, Pastor Naida, in the name of Jesus. We thank you for loving on us. We thank you for keeping us. And we ask in the name of Jesus that you touch everyone's heart in this place that they will not leave here the same way they came that you will bless each and every one of them in the name of Jesus we pray amen thank you Lord you may have your seats and good afternoon and welcome good to afternoon, New Antioch Christian Fellowship at Aliante. I am Pastor Sharonda Manor Foster. I am Serving Leader, Social Media Director David Foster. And welcome, welcome. We welcome our guests. Our, oh, come on, give it up for the Fosters. <laughs> To our guests, our friends, all of you who are joined us on social media, all of you who are members of this house and our guests, we welcome you to a life-changing worship experience. We are so glad you joined us today. Yes. And just by stepping foot in New Antioch, you are pre-qualified for your blessing because oh, this on. is a place of blessing. Come I don't on, think you heard me. Pre-qualified. That means we're not even going to run your spiritual credit check <laughs> because God is the ultimate co-signer. Yes. God is the ultimate co-signer, right? <laughs> And if you, have, if you don't know him by now, it's not too late to meet Jesus. Yeah. And meeting Jesus will lead you to change your life. <laughs> and changing your life will consequently lead you into finding your purpose. Yeah. Right? And so we want to start today by affirming you through our service that you hear a word from our pastor that has yeah. the ability yeah. to transform your life. Our praise team and band has a collection of songs that yes. will lift your heart. And then to speak to any need you had, there'll be a prayer to speak to any need you had at the end. Amen, amen. I was just going to walk off and just let Mr. Foster have it on this afternoon. There's a fire already started up here. Amen. I hope y'all ready. Tasha, they quiet out there, but there's a fire up here. If you like to be near the fire, then I would advise you to move a little bit closer. If your neighbor is not warmed up yet, you need a new neighbor because it's feeling good in here on this afternoon. And so I will go right on into our affirmation. Our scripture affirmation for this week is found in Matthew eleven twenty-eight. It is in the New Living Translation, and it said, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and 
and I will give you rest. We are moving in to our new series for the month. Our new series is a margin. Dr. Parson going to tell us all about a margin. Yeah, yeah. But if you're feeling heavy laden, if you're feeling overwhelmed, like you just don't have any room, I want you to know where you ought to go because Jesus said, he already said, they ain't going to check your background. Jesus said you can come unto him and lay down all of those heavy burdens. He's going to give us some room on this afternoon. And so I want you to feel free at any time during the service to say, here, Jesus, take this. Take this. Whatever it is for you, here, Jesus, take this. And so we're going to move on um, into our visitors. Uh, this time, do we have anybody uh, visiting us for the first time? First time. Anybody? Any first time visitors? Amen. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Our sanctuary attendants. Oh, over you, here, uh, too. Okay, how you doing? Oh, come on. Right. If you're visiting for the first time, please stand so we can see you. Thank you for joining us today. Our, our sanctuary attendants will hand you a visitor's packet. If you can fill it out and hand it back to them at some time during the service, we welcome you. Thank you. Hope to see you again. Thanks for coming to New Antioch Christian Fellowship at Aliante. Welcome, welcome. We're glad to see you. We're going to move right on. You may have your seats. Thank you for being here. We're going to move on into our time of giving, our time of tithe. This is a part of our worship. This is a part of the way that we say, God, I put you first. I don't put the bills first, the money first, the house first, the purse, the shoes, the going out to dinner. God, I put you first. This is my worship. And so this is where we give back from our heart. It's just your offering. It should be a condition of your heart. We are a church that believes in tithing. And so the tithe is set for us at 10%. And so we give a 10% back to God. He lets us keep all of the rest. But then for your offering, it's a condition of your heart. How's your heart today towards God? How's your offering? I would advise you on today, even if you gave online already, the condition of your heart to get another envelope from our sanctuary attendance. And because it's a matter of your heart, then just give unto God and say, God, it's a heart thing today. I would like an envelope up here for me and Mr. Foster, please, Tiffany, so I can fill it out as we go back to our seat because it's a heart thing. And God has been so good to us. And we have various ways you can get involved with that offering. The first way, if Thank you're in the you. sanctuary, our sanctuary attendants, just hold up your hand. They'll bring you an envelope. Yes. Uh, if you're uh, online or want to do text, we can do New Antioch, all one word, 77977. Uh, that's 77977 to New Antioch. You can get us online at newantioch-aliante.org. Uh, hit the donate tab, follow the prompt to walk you right through. Also, we have Cash App, my favorite and preferred method. That's a dollar sign, a new A, Aliante, two A's. And please put your real name so we can get proper credit because we don't know who Big Dog 702 is. So please put your, your government name, please. You can also mail it in to 2550 Nature Park Drive, North, North Las Vegas, Nevada. 89084 Suite 100. You can mail it in too. All right, and we thank you for that. Amen. And also, if you have a card, Pastor Marias is standing in the back. Just let him know this is a heart thing. If you go over there to Pastor Marias, like, I don't have any cash on me, but I don't want to miss the opportunity to join in in this fellowship and this worship to say, God, it's a heart condition on today. And so, again, if you need to do that, and then just hold those envelopes up. Did you get an envelope from the uh, sanctuary attendants? If you did, just hold them up. We're getting ready to pray. If you've already given, we're going to pray 
over the offering on this afternoon. We got a couple of envelopes being held up. I absolutely love that um, because it's a hard thing um, in here on this afternoon. And so let us pray all together. Father God, we just say thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to give. Thank you, oh God, that we worship you, oh God. Not only out of our mouths, oh God, not only by sitting in church, but we go in our pockets. We go in our bank accounts and we say, God, this is for you. And so we just say thank you that you are trusting this ministry, God, oh God, to handle your kingdom business. And so would you bless it now, God, every person that is given, would you bless them, God, and those who have a heart to give and have it not, oh God, would you bless them? And God, we pray for those who don't see the need, who are not moved to give. We ask you for a move of their heart on today, God, for those who don't understand why give, why give to the church, why give to God. Oh God, you move on hearts. And so would you move on someone's heart today? that they know that you are the giver, you are he who blesses. And so we just try to bless your back a little bit, God. And so we just say thank you, oh God. We say thank you for your blessing, for what you are doing in this place. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. And thank you, God. And now we're going back Amen. into our worship. I'm grateful. All the grateful people in the house say thank you. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42, and then 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 25, the first one in the New International Version and the second in the King James Version. Luke 10, 38, it is our custom to stand for the reading of the word of God. Let's read together. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. 1 Corinthians 9.25 And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. Our topic this afternoon is Martha, you're doing too much. Martha, Martha, Martha. You're doing too much. And just so our men could get on there, Marty, you're doing too much. We begin a new series today, and our new series will be to level up your margins. We are in level up 2.3, and 
uh, for the theme this year. We've been leveling up all the areas of our life, and now we're going to level up our margins. Level up your margins. Now, I taught of this a few years ago, and we got it from a series by Rick Warren. You can still look it up about margins. It was life-changing then, and I need it to be life-changing now. I need somebody to have a life-changing experience today. So in order to be spiritually excellent, physically fit, financially set, emotionally stable, mentally sound, relationally fruitful, and socially connected, what we've been working on all year, in order for any of that to work for you, in order for it even to begin to be established in your life, you are going to have to have some margins. Well, what do you mean by margins, Pastor? Margin is the space between your life and your limit. Margin is the space between your life and your limit. So let's say that this stage is my life. And the edge of the stage is my limit. My, my, there should be some space between my life and my limit. It's a margin. You know, if you take out a piece of paper, they don't print all the way to the edge of the paper. It has margins. It only goes so far, and then it stops, and then the rest is just blank space. At the top, at the bottom, on the side, they call it a margin. They have something they call a margin of error. That means that this is what I think the truth is. It could be this over here. It could be that over there. And that's my margin of error. That's my space I have to move around with. It's a, it's a margin. So uh, for, for you, if this is your life, there should be a, a space between where you're living and where your limit is. It, it, it explain, Lucy. In order to save to be spiritually excellent, you can't keep living on the edge of sin. All this, this is being holy. Well, if I, if I, if I step off, this is the edge. Right over there is is the edge, and it is uh, living unholy. So I'm gonna get close to the edge. I had, I, 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 I had it in my mouth, but I didn't inhale. <laughs> I went to first base, but I didn't go all the way to home. Uh, oh, just, uh, on the edge. There, there should be a space spiritually between your life and, and your limit. You need some space between... Living right and messing up. Some of y'all like to live life on the edge. I took a drink, but I didn't get drunk. Just... To be physically fit, there should be a space between what you can eat and what you did eat. You don't have to get all the way till you almost sick. You so full. Put put a little space. 
between your life and, and your living. To be physically fit. Put a little space between that normal blood sugar and that too high blood sugar. I know too high will be 45, so I'm going to hang around 139. How about you get on down to that 120 and put some space between your life and your limit. If I, if I get to, two, to blood pressure to 200 over uh, 90, over 101, then I'm in stroke range. And so, but hey, I had 99. <laughs> I had 170 over 99. I, well, well, we get, can, can we get some space between your life and your limit? To be financially set, you set some space between how much you make and how much you spend. Not you make $6,000 a month, and you spend $6,000 a month. Uh, how about maybe get that down to $5,200? Put some space between your life and your limit. If you want to be emotionally stable, how about putting some space between how much drama you live and how much drama you can take? Some of y'all right at the limit of how much drama you can take. To be mentally, to be mentally sound, that's emotionally stable. To be mentally sound, why don't you put a little space between being creative and being crazy? <laughs> Some of y'all take creativity all the way to the end of being crazy. To be relationally fruitful, how about putting some space between cultivating friends and tolerating fools? Why your friends got to be so close to being fools? Put some space. To, to, to be socially connected, how about putting some space between having enough groups that feed you to having too many groups that drain you? You have to have some space. You got to have a gap. You got to have a margin between your life and your limit. How let somebody say, get off the edge. Get off the edge. Some of y'all like that edge. You like that edge you live in. You like being tired. You like being, being in crazy relationships. You, you like the drama of the limit. Get off the edge. Because when you're on the edge, one extra bill, one tragedy, one disappointment, one crisis, and you're off the edge. It knocks you off your edge. One death in the family, and you off the edge. One accident, you off the edge. If one more thing happens, you're going to backslide. If one more thing happens, you're going to lose your house. If one more thing happens, you're ready to leave the church. If one more thing happens, you're going to cuss all us out. 
If one more thing happens, you're going to leave your marriage. If one more thing happens, you're going to have an affair. If one more thing happens, you're going to fall for the okey-doke. If one more thing happens, you're going to be suicidal. If one more thing happens, you're going to be back in the hospital. If one more thing happens, you're going to be saying things to your family that you can't take back because you're right on the edge. Because there's no margin. Because there's no space between your life and your limit. Martha, you're doing too much. You're doing too much, girl. 1 Corinthians 9 and 25 says, Every man that striveth from the mastery is temperate in all things. They're doing it to get a corruptible crown, but we do it. For an incorruptible, he's kind of talking about in sports. He said when you're when you're competing, you got to be temperate in all things. You can't do too much of anything. This word temperate in in the Greek language, in the original language of the Bible, means self-control. It means continent, continent like the opposite of incontinent. You know, some of y'all know about that. <laughs> if not, keep living. Uh, it means to exercise dominion from within. I'm going to exercise dominion from within. In other words, I can hold myself. I can govern myself. I have dominion of myself. I can tell myself when to stop, and I stop. I can tell myself uh, to do what's right, and then I do what's right. I can tell myself to refrain from what's wrong, and then I don't do wrong. I can tell myself, no, stop right there, and it all stops. I have to exercise constraint. I have to be continent. I have to have a margin between my life, and I mean my whole life, and my limit. How do I do that, Pastor? My life is so full. I got so much to do. I'm not even doing what I need to do now. My family demands more than what I'm able to give them right now. My church demands more than I'm giving my church right now. My job demands more than what I have uh, the energy to give them right now. My health demands more than I'm giving it right now. My relationships demand more than what I'm giving them right now. Even my personal relationship with God demands more than I'm giving him right now. So how am I going to take anything off my plate? All of this stuff that I'm doing is important. And in our text, Martha was doing stuff that was important. It was important. We, we, we get the impression that she was probably the eldest of the sibling group, and those of us with big sisters probably figured she was. Uh, uh, but the Bible doesn't say who was the oldest out of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. But what we do know is Martha was the responsible one. We know that it was her house. Martha seems to be the go-to girl. She seems to be a bit of an alpha female because she's going to tell Jesus what he needs to do. I think it's safe to say without being an ISO Jesus that she was an alpha female. Uh, Jesus, Lord, Savior of the universe, you need to tell Mary. So maybe she was the parent child. 
But we know what Mary was. Mary was the worshiper for sure because this is not the last time we see Mary at the feet of Jesus. But note this. The Bible says they were all friends. They both had a relationship with Jesus. They both recognized his importance. But they had different responses to it. Pastor Darren, I saw something in the text I didn't see before. uh, They both had relationship with Jesus. They both recognized he was important. But his importance triggered in the two of them different responses. The presence of Jesus made Mary worship, but it made Martha serve. And what's interesting to me, that's interesting because some scriptures, like in Romans chapter 12, worship and service are interchangeable. Present your body, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. The King James Version says, which is your reasonable service. The NIV says, your true and proper worship. The Amplified says, your rational act of worship. Serving God is an act of worship. So they both had a response that was appropriate. They both had a response that could have been construed as as worship. They, They both had a response that showed how they felt about Jesus. They were both relational. Neither one of them was just being religious. They both were relational. So this is not a matter of performance. It's a matter of priority. Priority. Learning how to do the right thing at the right time in the right order. Do the right thing at the right time in the right order. And if you do that, you'll have some space between your life and your limit. You'll be able then to develop that spiritual excellence. And then that spiritual excellence will begin to level up your whole life. So again, Pastor, how do I do that? Well, John Maxwell teaches three R's for leaders to learn how to set priorities. Uh, so all of you are leaders in something. You say, well, I'm not a leader. Yes, you are. All of you are leaders in something or someone. You're leading someone. So you need to listen up. How do I decide how to set my priorities? Well, the first R is what is required of you. What is required of you? In whatever position you hold at home or at work or at church or in the kingdom or in the community, what is required of you? What is it that you were placed in that position to do? As a pastor, what is required of me? What should I do that no one else should really do for me? What is it that's required of me? I'm supposed to preach. I need to teach. I need to lead and counsel. I need to cast vision. I need to cover the congregation. I need to intercede. I need to mentor. I develop people. I marry them. I carry them. I bury them. I I ordain. Even outside of this church, I ordain and I install pastors and I mentor pastors from other churches. Those are all the things that are required of me to do. Now, the truth of the matter is I can play the organ. I can play the organ. I can play the drums. I can play the keyboard. 
I can lead the praise team. It don't sound good, but I can lead the praise team. I, I can teach all the music. I can teach the children. I can teach the teenagers. I just did it last week. I, I can greet the guests. I can do fundraising. I can lead the prayer. I, I can, I can uh, run a department. I can count money. I can turn on the mics. I can raise offerings. I can pay the bills. I can answer the phones. I can visit the sick. I can feed the hungry. I can have a midnight prayer meetings. But just because I can doesn't mean that I should. What is required of me? Because when you do too much over what is required, you'll be back on the edge. This is what's been required of you, but you done took on a whole bunch of other stuff that's not required of you, and now you're back to the edge. So what is required of me? Because you don't have the capacity to do everything. I know I can do all things through Christ that strengthened me, but that doesn't mean you're supposed to do everything. You don't have the capacity. You're human. You got limits. Capacity. What do you mean by that? Capacity um, is how much you're capable of handling. How much you're capable of handling. For example, uh, there's a chair. Those chairs can't handle two tons. If you put two tons on that chair, it's going to collapse. It can't handle it. It's, it. That's above its capacity. And then, uh, 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 um, say, a gallon jug. You get a gallon jug, you can put about that much more than a gallon in it, but you put much, you, you take it over its limits. It, you have out, you've outpoured its capacity, and so now it's wasting everywhere. Its capacity is how much you can handle. God's been talking to me about capacity, and, and I, I'm a, personally, I have so much capacity that I really get frustrated with people who don't. I'm trying to help myself. I get frustrated. You tired after two services? You can't do, you can't do an extra night. In a, in a week. You need a break after two months, and 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 I'm getting I'm getting better because there's really nothing wrong with that as long as you understand how you're wired. And so I shouldn't get frustrated with you because our capacity is different. But you just need to know how much, how you're wired. If you can't handle much without getting overwhelmed and getting burned out, then you got to know that about yourself and build in some margins in your life. My limit may not look like your limit. Some of you have more capacity than I do. I don't know how Ronnie do all that stuff. Ronnie got more capacity than me. I don't know how she get all that stuff done. And she got a husband. And she got kids. And she have her parents. And she got, I don't know how she do it. She got more capacity than me. Some of you have just as much capacity as me. You can hang with me all day. So far, I, was just, I, I got to prayer about 720, but about 720 prayer, and then I taught Sunday school at 8, and then I had service at 9, and, and, and then I have service at 1230, and then I'll be back at 4, 6 o'clock. That's like a regular day to me. That's no big deal to me. Some of you are right with me. You could hang with me all day. And some of you just have less. Ain't nothing wrong with that. You got less capacity. What you got to do is take a look at what is required of you. All oh, that's not required of you. If you look at what's required of you, if someone else can do it, about 80% as well as you can, you need to delegate that. You need to delegate. If they can, that's the rule. If they can do it about 80% as well as you can, 
then you can you need to delegate that. Uh, somebody uh, bring me some of that water, and I'm gonna have to take these shoes off. My body don't have the the capacity that it used to have. Part of it, my body don't have the capacity. The other part, I need to keep drinking this water. So you all don't get distracted while they take these shoes off of me. Because it's, it's, it's bugging me, and I need to preach this message instead of worrying about this leg. I was cute though, what? I was cute though, right now. I was cute for a minute. <laughs> gotta, gotta be cute for a minute anyway. <laughs> Them shoes. <laughs> Thank you, Josh, because I was really gonna go barefoot. All right. Let's go. If someone else can do it, 80% as well as you can do it, that might be something you can delegate. If it's not required, you might need to let that thing go all together. Let it go all together. If it's not required of you, parents, it's not required of you to raise 27-year-olds. You might need to let that go all together. They're going to be all right. They'll be all right. Trust me, they'll be all right. Trust me, there's one thing I learned in doing funerals. Everybody that fall out and say, Mama, I don't know what I'm going to do without you, Daddy. I don't know how I'm going to make it without you. Guess what? All of them make it. All of them. I've done hundreds of funerals. Everybody makes it without you. So you might as well live. They're going to be all right. <laughs> but if you're overwhelmed with the things that only you can do, like only you can raise your kids, I know somebody else can do it, but they shouldn't. You should. Raise your own kids. Take care of your own spouse. Oh, it's another lady that can take care of your spouse. But you should do it. <laughs> Pay the bills at your own house. You need to fully and excellently do your secular job. Those are things that you should do. You should finish your assignment in the kingdom of God. You should work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. If you are overwhelmed in doing what you should be doing, then you just need to ask God for more capacity. God, you called me to do this, Father. You told me. You gave me this man. You gave me this woman. You gave me these children. You told me to work this child. You gave me this ministry, and I'm tired, and I'm on the edge, and I don't know how to do this. So, God, I need you to give me some more capacity. If, if you imagine that this stage was me pastoring, and then when he asked me to do another church, another church, I was on the edge at the church that I was in. But you know what he did? He just gave me more capacity. It's like giving me another six feet on this stage. And then he said, a third church, he's going to have to give me another six feet. He can increase your capacity if there are things that are required of you that are wearing you out. Ask God for more capacity. God, give me the grace to do all that you have placed in my hands to do. And show me how to require, prioritize what's required of me. So Jesus told Martha, look, Martha, 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 you worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. You weren't upset about all of this, but you really don't need but this. Really, only one thing is what you need. And Mary chose, Mary chose, Mary chose what was better. She prioritized. 
and I'm not going to take it away from her. You know, anxiety is a result of a lack of margins. You wouldn't be so anxious if you had some margins. You all anxious, driving, oh, Lord, let me get to this. Let me get to this airport. Oh, Lord, let me do my flight. And all of that, you don't realize how much stress that is putting on, on your body. But if you had started out early enough, if you had a margin, if you gave yourself a 45-minute margin, you wouldn't have all that anxiety. If you had some margin on your finances and you get a $150 bill that you didn't expect, you wouldn't have so much anxiety because you'd have a margin. I feel the Holy Ghost on that one. It's because you got a margin. You wouldn't be tripping so hard if you had some margins. I'm one of those people, I want to be at the airport, uh, at my gate, checked in, chilling. Oh, like waiting there. For 45 minutes for my flight, just in case I get. You know what? You like the adrenaline rush of living on the edge. You like drama. But you can't live that way. So I said, Martha, you're anxious about many things, but you need to prioritize. Only one thing is needful. Everything else can wait. But some of you feel guilty if you don't do all this. Because you have a need for approval. You have a fear of failure. You have a fear of rejection. Oh, you just have the drive. Some of you just got a drive not to be like your parents. So you're pushing it to not be like them. You got to get it done. Some of you, it's just hard for you to tell people no. Even though no is a full sentence. You got that drive to get it all done. You're driven to get it all done because it gives you self-esteem. You don't feel like you're important unless everybody's dependent on you. Or some of you, you just love people that much, so you, you run around. Some of you just love God so much, you go, in, you go hard for him because you're so grateful to be saved and, 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 and but but you you you're living on the edge so now you're tired you're tired you're tired you have no capacity left you're living on the edge you don't even have the capacity to take care of yourself you don't have the capacity to attend to your marriage you don't have the capacity to really discipline and train your children. They running wild because you don't have the capacity to make that boy sit down. You don't have the capacity to work on your health. You would work on it, get up and do that exercise, but I'm tired. You don't have enough capacity to complete the ministry that God put on your hands. I, I would go tonight, but I'm tired. I'm tired. I don't have anything else to give. I'm over the edge now. I'm, I'm tired, God. I'm tired. I can't feel like talking to my husband half the night. I'm tired. I feel like completing that project at work. I'm tired. 
God said to ask you, it came up too soon, but that's all right. Go. God said to ask you, how long will I'm tired be your excuse? How long? How long will I'm tired be your excuse to neglect the things that are required of you? How long will I'm tired be your excuse not to do things in excellence? Doing it in excellence would have been all this, but I'm tired. Instead of putting some margins in your life and not expending all your energy on things that are not priority, you just keep saying, I'm tired. Because Martha, you're doing too much. And you're tired. But how long will I'm tired be your excuse? How long are we going to do this? God told me to ask you, how long are we going to do this? Because you've been saying you're tired for three months now. How long are we going to do this? How, just tell me how long you're going to be tired. Instead of doing something about it and putting in some margins and obeying me, how long are you going to do this? We, how, we gonna do, how long are we going to do I'm tired? How, how long is going to be your excuse? Uh, two years? We're going to do this for two years? We're going to do this for a year? For a year, all right, we're going to do it for a year. We, I'm tired, going to be your excuse for, for not staying on your diet, not exercising, and, and not finishing. Is that, is that what it's going to be? It's going to be two years? He said, okay, I'll see you later then, either in the hospital or in heaven. That's what he told me to tell y'all. Get an answer. How long, I'm tired, going to be, how long you going to do this? And then I'll see you either in the hospital or heaven. You're going to be in one or the other because your body can't do that for long periods of time. Either that or it's going to kill you. I'll see you one of them places. I'm going to be there either way. Is I'm not going to leave you or forsake you, but you cannot de indefinitely live on the edge. You got to get some margins or I'm going to see you in the hospital, in the mental hospital, or in heaven. Take your choice. So what you need to do is you need to, take to look, at, look at what is required of you and either ask God for more capacity or ask him, God, what I got up here that's unnecessary. He told Martha, few things are needful. You're doing too much. Few things are needful. Okay, first, what is required of you? The next R is what gives you your biggest return. What gives you a biggest return? When you have several things that seem equally important and, and, and you still on it, I got it, all of that stuff, God, I got it too. It, it, they're all important, but I'm still on the edge and I'm wearing myself out and I'm tired. Then you got to look at what are you doing that's the most effective. Do the things that most affect. You can't do all of it, so do the stuff that's most effective. The things that give you the biggest return. In other words, the things that you get the most results from. If you get overwhelmed or too busy or ineffective or tired, then just focus on the things that give you your biggest return. It's called the Pareto Principle. The Pareto Principle is that 80-20 rule. The 80-20 rule says 80% of your results come from about 20% of your task. All the rest of that stuff is just extra. About 20% of what you do gives you 80% of your effectiveness. Explain, Lucy. This one and a half hour service is less than 20% of what we do as a church. But it gives us the vast majority of the souls that are saved and the members that we have, most of them will come through this 1230 service. 20% of what we do gives us 80% of our return. 
So I can't get so busy with counseling and studying my Sunday school lesson or sitting in meetings that I don't have a solid word to give people on Sunday morning. Because this is where I'm getting my greatest return. So if I'm trying to prioritize, I need to take a look at the little bit that I do that gives me my greatest return. So some of you, most of you are called to marriage and family. That's your call. So your ultimate goal is to stay happily married and, well, and, and raise well-adjusted, well-rounded children. But you always got to work. You also got to work. You got to pay bills. You got to keep up the house. You got to do the yard. You got to feed them. You got to clothe them. But it might be that dinner together where the family talks and builds relationships and creates memories together. It might be 20% of what you do, but it gives you 80% of that happy marriage and those well-adjusted, well-rounded kids, which might mean you got to drive the Kia instead of the Mercedes in order to be home for dinner. And the kids game after that. What gives you your biggest return? Because that's going to give you what you need. It might be only 20% of what you do, but it gives you your greatest return. So you got to create some space between your life and your limit. So take off the things that might be important, but it does not give you a greatest return. I really want you to think about this. What is the most important thing you need to accomplish? If you don't have an answer right then and there, that means your life is way off because you don't even know where you're going. You don't even know why you're getting up in the morning because you can't even say what's the most important thing you need to accomplish. That means you haven't even thought about it. So think about it right now. I told y'all this is a life changer. What is the most important thing you need to accomplish? Now, what's the activity that's going to get you there? Because that's what needs to be your priority. Everything else got to take a back seat because you cannot do it all. A restaurant needs clean floors. It needs that. That's important. It needs a great accounting. That's important. It needs courteous staff, and that's important. It, it is a hundred other things a restaurant needs, but if that food ain't right. Consistently. All the rest of that stuff don't matter. If the food never makes it to the table and it ain't right, it, 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 it don't matter. 80-20. 80-20, Martha, you're doing too much. So what is required of you? What gives you your biggest return? Our number three is what brings you your greatest reward? What brings you your greatest reward? When you're trying to figure out where you need to cut back, I'm trying to get y'all some margins. Where you need to create your margins. Don't forget that if you hate every minute of it, you, you're not going to be mentally sound enough or emotionally stable enough to maintain the margins that you made over here. You'll have some margins over here, but you'll be losing the margins over there. So you also got to put in your priority list, what gives me my greatest reward? What brings you joy? What brings you satisfaction? What brings you fulfillment? John Maxwell calls it his sweet spot. He said, I got a sweet spot. When I'm up and I'm talking to people and communicating to people, that's my sweet spot. It's the thing that, one, I'm good at it, and it excites me, and I enjoy it, and it gives me results. God told me to ask you this. Are you having any fun? Are you having any fun? Moth. Marty. 
Are you having any fun? Let me take it back to me. Preaching is required of me. It's on my first R list. Preaching also gives me my biggest return. It's on my second R list. But watching you all change and develop is what brings me my greatest reward. Because transformation is my passion. And that's when I see you come from that to this. Oh, man, it makes me emotional. It makes me smile. It, it makes me feel like I spent my life doing something significant. Because even though I love preaching, preaching is fun to me. I'm having fun right now. And whether Even on a bad day, it's enjoyable to me. I love to preach. Uh, and, and preaching does bring about a change in people. I know that this gospel changes people's lives. But most of you can't tell me five sermons I preached this year without looking at your notes. Mm -hmm, I know. But watching you grow and transform because of the teaching and the mentoring and walking with life through you, that is my greatest reward. So it's fun to me, too. If you only do what you have to do and none of it is what you love to do, you're going to burn out. You're going to get discouraged and you're going to be right back on the edge with no space between your life. And your limit. Because fun and enjoyment and laughter and significance, they all create space. Not only do they create space, but they extend your capacity because now you're having fun. So you have what is required. What is my big return? What is my great reward? So now... I got this information. Now I choose my priorities. I choose them based on what's required of me and based on what gives me a great return and then what gives me a great reward. So I enjoy that and I get a lot of return. I'm going to keep that on the priority list, but that's not required of me. So this is requiring me and it gives me a great return. So that might have to go here and then, it, it, then it's required of me and I enjoy it. I get real reward out of it. So I put that and you begin to take a look at everything that's in your life and you begin to choose. I choose my priorities. They don't just jump on me. Who's really running your life? You choose your priorities. So as we look at, when you look at your life this month, as we talk about margins for the rest of the month, if you're on the edge, if you're tired, if you're overwhelmed, I need you to look at what's required. If it's not required, consider letting it go. Don't let the need for approval or other folks' expectations or unnecessary distractions keep you in a space where your margins are supposed to be. You're supposed to be living over here, but you got what they wanted you to do and what people need you to do and what you're expected to do and fear that you gotta you're not gonna get their approval fear that, and so you living in the space that should be reserved for your margin and if it doesn't bring you a return meaning you're not getting the results that are most important like you pouring into people that don't want it now you gotta hurry up yeah. Do not spend all your energy trying to help people that don't want it. 
all that that you're pouring into those adult kids, has it made any difference? Are you getting any results? Then maybe you need to switch it up. I told God, give me some folk that are hungry for the word of God. Most of all, y'all get so much good word in here, you're not hungry anymore. You're overfed. And since you don't exercise, not oh, you oh, none of it. You haven't done nothing, done nothing in ministry. Nothing. You just fat with the word. You're not hungry. So then preachers feel like we got to put on a dog and pony show. We got we to gotta serve it up this way. We got to flip it over the other way. And then we got to bring the animals in to show that. Oh, we got Noah's Ark. They didn't heard that 150 times. Let me bring in two dogs, two cats, and two turtles to, and to illustrate. Really? You, you're not hungry. God, bring me some people that are hungry for the word of God who want to be different, who want to be changed, who want to be developed instead of force-feeding people that are already too full. You might be out there making money, but you're not producing anything you really want. Your, your household is still in disarray. You got all this money. You bought them everything, and they still not changing. Or you're expending energy, but you're not getting to what's important. Remember, just because you can doesn't mean you should, 80-20. So focus on the top 20% and let some of that 80% go. And if you don't get much reward and you're not having any fun or any satisfaction, Find your sweet spot. Spend more time in your sweet spot. Spend more time in that thing that you know you do well and you enjoy it and you get something out of it. And that itself will increase your capacity for the things you don't enjoy. But you got to do it. Martha and Marty, you're doing too much. <laughs> you're doing too much. Y'all know when y'all see them people, you look at them like, who, baby, you're doing too much. That's what God is looking down on us today and say, some of you are doing too much. But one thing is needed. That one thing is sit down and listen to me. Jesus said, Martha, only one thing is needed. It's a lot of things that, that you can do. He said, but, 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 but. Uh, very few things are needed. It said, really, you really only need one thing, and that's what, that's what Mary chose, and that is to sit down and listen. What was Mary doing? She sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. You know why you need to do that? Because you have no idea how to straighten your own life out. You have no idea how to get off that edge. So sit down and listen. This is prayer week. This is what God said. Stop everything you're doing this week. Sit down in the place of prayer and listen. Stop everything. Sometime during this week, during prayer week, stop everything that you're doing. Get in the place of prayer and listen. Stop running your mouth. Stop running around. Sit down. That's a cultural way to say it. Sit down. Sit down and listen. Find a place of prayer and listen. He'll tell you how to do it. He'll tell you where to get margins. He don't, you don't need to be laying down in a hospital bed to listen. 
You don't got to have a bad diagnosis. And listen, you don't have to be suicidal and depression and depressed and can't get out of bed before you listen. Sit down and listen to me. I'll tell you how to do it. He said, come to me, all you that labor. I didn't know they was going to do that scripture today. And are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Not the one that you laid on yourself or the one the family laid on you or the one your spouse laid on you or the one your parents laid on you or the one the society laid on you and not even the one the church laid on you. Take my yoke on you and learn of me because that's the only thing that's needed is for you to sit down and listen to me. He said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. You'll find rest for your soul. If you're living on the edge and you're stressed and you're about to go over, Jesus didn't do that. You did that. They did that. He doesn't want you to listen. He said, if you sit down and listen to me, your life will sound more like this. Rest, easy, light. I'll give you rest. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Rest, easy, Crystal. Light. Rest, easy, Linda. Light. Does that sound like your life? Rest, easy, light. Does that sound like your life, Pam? Rest. Quite easy, light. If you sit down and listen to me, get off the edge. Get off the edge. Put some space between your life and your limit. You need some margins. Rest, easy, light. You know another word for margin is room. This month, we're going to make room for Jesus. We're going to get off the edge, and we're going to make room for Jesus. Because he is the one that is asking your life to have margins. Spiritually, physically, financially, emotionally, mentally, relationally, and socially. He's asking for you to make room. All month long, we're going to be here. Will you sit down and listen? Will you sit down and listen? I find space for what I treasure. I make time for what I want. I choose my priorities and Jesus, you're my number one. So I
you to hear these words. I find space for what I trade. Yes, you do. I make time for what I want. Come on, tell the truth. I choose my priorities and Jesus, you're my Jesus, you're my number one. So I will make this declaration. Who am I talking to? Make room for you. I will prepare for two. So Your space. You can move that over. Whatever it is. You can move 
This word is for you. You're on the edge. One more thing. I feel like Mike knock you off the edge. One more financial problem. One more drama crisis. Or you might say, God, I'm tired. I'm tired. I know I need to do some stuff, but I'm tired. God, I need you to show me. I'm going to sit down and listen. I want to break that bound that off of your life today. We're going to pray for you so that God begin the process of getting you off this edge. You need some margins in your life, either financially or emotionally or spiritually or relationally. Physically, I'm living on the edge. I got. I, I need some margin. Come on, let us pray for you this morning. You know this word was for you. If you said ouch more than twice, you need to be up here. For what I want. We're making room, God. I for you, God. God. We come off the edge. We come off the edge, God. Thank you, God. I do have space. I do have time. I do have space. I do have time, God, for you. I do. Oh, God, we pray. It's too much for us, but it's not too much for you, God. God, we've come to our limit, but we said thank you that you're the God who gives us room. It's the end of us, God. But you're saying on today, you have room, you have capacity. You have wisdom, you have strategy. Oh, God, to give us where to move, where to walk. My God, in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, we just say thank you. We just say thank you, God. For that which you are doing, God. In the name of Jesus. And for some of us, we don't have any room. Because we are trying to do it all by ourselves. And that's because you have not invited Jesus in your life. You don't know him and you're trying to do it all by yourself. You just don't have it. But on this afternoon, if you have never invited him into your life, or if you have just moved away from him like you once knew, but then you moved away, today is your day to invite him back into your life. Some of you are on that edge about to fall off because you're trying to do it without him. And so we give you an opportunity on today to say, I need you in my life. Because I don't want to fall. I need you in my life. Because I need you to help me stand up, Jesus. 
And so if you're here and you have never invited him into your life, we're going to give you the opportunity right now. Or if you did one time or a long time ago and you've moved away from him, then we're going to give you that opportunity right now. And so if you are in this place on today and you're saying, Jesus, I need you. I want to invite you into my life. If you're in this space, just raise your hand. I want you to say this prayer with me. If you're here, if you're saying, don't, don't leave here the same way that you came in. Say, I'm willing to put some action behind what would just happen. I'm willing to put some action behind what I just prayed. And so if you're here and you want to say that prayer, then let's just say it all together. Everybody, let's pray that prayer. Y'all, let's stand up all over the place. Let's, let's address our God. We are not done. But let's address our God. Invite him into our hearts if you have not. And let's just confirm it if you have, yes? Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I've made some mistakes. I've walked on the edge. But on today, I invite you into my life to be my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for choosing me. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. If you prayed that prayer on today and you meant that, just raise your hand. We just have a book that we want you to have. If you rededicated your life to him, then just raise your hand, and we will make sure that um, you get the book that we have for you. Amen. You may have your seats. Let's thank God for our pastor on today. She's back at it. She had just a small break from having to do two services on a Sunday and one on a Saturday night, but she's back at it um, on this weekend. So y'all keep on praying for our pastor. She has the capacity, but that does not mean that she don't need our prayers. Having capacity does not mean that you don't get tired and you need to rest. Having capacity does not mean that you need some things to be easy, <laughs> that you need some things to be light. And so we just keep praying for our pastor um, as she goes before the Lord for us. Amen. Amen. We do want you to be reminded that on this afternoon, we have the grand opening of our second office of ACS. We do have a community service here um, in the house of Antioch. For those of you who do not know, we are three campuses in the Las Vegas Valley. We are community churches here in Aliante. We already have a community service where we do therapy, where we do counseling, where we do tutoring. Um, but now we've just opened one over in Central Vegas. It will open today at 4 o'clock. Y'all come over. They got hot dogs. They're going to have some fireworks. They got some jump houses for the kids. They got popsicles. Come on and tour our new facility. This is ours. This is the house of Antioch. So come on over there and tour that with us. Um, do be reminded that we are taking sign-ups for VBS. Vacation Bible School is still happening. Sign up. I believe today is the last day for you to be able to t-shirts and so we don't want you to sign up late and then say I didn't get all of the things sign up today you can go to our
here, and they'll have a blast over here with our children's uh, staff. So sign up. It's July 11th through 14th. Also, it is prayer week. Thank you for somebody who's going to cheer for prayer. My biggest return comes from prayer. And so I believe in the place of prayer. The House of Antioch believes in prayer. Usually our prayer week is the first Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of every month. So we know that Tuesday is the 4th of July. We're going to let you have that with your families. But prayer week will be on Wednesday and Thursday, 6 p.m. each night right here at Aliante. We're going to let y'all have hot dogs and ribs and everything on Tuesday. On Wednesday and Thursday, we're fast from sunup to 4 p.m. Did everybody hear me? On Wednesday and Thursday, we're fasting from sunup to 4 p.m. That means nothing to eat. Nothing to eat. Drink some water. Somebody's face said, what? I seen your eyebrows. We're going to fast. We're going to pray. We're going to worship. We're going to tell King Stomach, you're not the boss of me. I'm the boss of you. And so we are going to fast from sunup to 4 p.m. We're going to come into prayer. We're going to have a great prayer. Pastor Marias is up on this prayer week. And so we are going to uh, uh, minister. Chantel is also up on this prayer week. The Richardsons are going to tag team it out for us. And so you all do come back here on Wednesday. We're going to give you Tuesday with your families. And then I think we have one more slide. We've been trying, you all, we to build up our, um, our Sunday uh, gathering, our fellowship on Sundays. And so Dr. Parsons said that if we got to 150 people in service five times, then she was throwing us a party. Well, guess what? We got to 155 times. And so Dr. Parson is throwing us a party. And so look out for the day. She said it was going to be a pizza party. So we're going to have pizza for everybody in the house. And so, again, if we don't have 150 today. But I challenge us. Uh, the fifth Sunday in July is friends and family. I challenge us to get 150 before friends and family. Before friends and family, uh, Brandon will let us know how many people we had in here today, but we're going to do it again. We know we were together with Central, but we even did three of those before Central came to hang out with us. And so I want us, y'all keep inviting people. Be proud about your church. Be glad about your church. Um, invite somebody in here to get this word. This is life changing you all. This is life-changing. And so let's stand all over the place as we dismiss. Y'all get ready to meet us over at the Central Campus. It is at uh, 2917 Washington. It really is just in the next parking lot from the old campus on Belrose. And so come over there. Come and see the new place. Come take a, um, a tour through. Pastor Rodney and her team have been working very, very hard. Um, and so let's come celebrate with them. Yes? Yes. Let's pray out. Father God, we just say thank you for today. Thank you for the reminder, oh God, to put some margins in our lives. Thank you, oh God, for that which you are doing in us. Send us out into this week, God. Let us be mindful of you. Would you renew our energy, God? Let us keep looking for that just one 
my God, in the name of Jesus, somebody that we can share you with. And so we just say thank you right now, God, for that which you are doing. Be with us, oh God, as we go over.